0: Bibliographer podcast. This is a podcast that developed out of an Instagram page I have at The Bibliographer and I thought I would use my relatively small platform just to talk about books that I like, that I find interesting, maybe even books that I don't like. Who knows, let's see. This first episode is about Ian McEwan. Planned in the future are also episodes about music So I'm planning on making a relatively general podcast about culture and about art, literature and music, which interests me. But as this is the first episode and this is a new idea, this is all subject to change. For now, I hope you enjoy listening to me bang on about Ian McEwan for 30 minutes. Hello, today I would like to talk about Ian McEwan, who is one of my favourite authors for many reasons, which I will get into. The main reason why I would like to talk about him is because I posted on my book Instagram, you can find me at the bibliographer, because I've just bought myself the cockroach Ian McEwan's book about Brexit, which I haven't read yet. But I bought it for my mum, and she found it really interesting. It's based on, or it's inspired by Kafka's The Metamorphosis. And I posted that as my 199th post on Instagram. And somebody commented, line of books, a bookstagrammer who follows me. She commented and said, I have a copy I've started reading it three times, can't for the life of me finish it. McEwan is very hit and miss for me. Loved atonement and first love, last rites. The first of which is a novel, the second is a collection of short stories. Enjoyed On Chesil Beach, but this and Solar bore me to tears. And then she asked, which ones did you not enjoy? She then rephrased her question and said, I meant to ask which ones you haven't read. The warm weather must be getting to me. I don't know where line of books is based. Says here on her Instagram that she is Belgian. It's been hot in Europe. We had 32 today. Anyway, not relevant. So I replied to her. The three which I haven't read are obviously The Cockroach. In Between the Sheets, which I bought for myself at the same time as buying The Cockroach. And his most recent novel, Machines Like Me, which I haven't quite got around to reading yet. I actually don't even own a copy. But I have, apart from those three, read everything else that he has written. Although he is one of my favorite authors, I kind of only half agree with her, because one of the problems I think with McEwan is his plots are very, very typical. I think in, in much of his, in, well, in many of his books, they follow a quite standard, they follow quite standard procedure. They often follow advice from Nigel Watts' book, Writing a Novel and Getting Published, and the eight point arc from that, which begins with the stasis and then moves on to the trigger, the quest. Surprise, critical choice, climax, reversal, and resolution. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad way to write your books. It's a a typical novel structure for a reason. It works, keeps people turning the pages, and McEwan, lots of McEwan's books are certainly page turners, if nothing else. However, the real reason I really like McEwan, I think his style is one of the loveliest of any of the authors that I've read. Um, And certainly, I think he's one of the most... I think his books are some of the most well-written of uh, much contemporary fiction. I'm thinking about Atonement, which is obviously very famous, also made into quite a famous film. Actually, not one of my favourite McEwen's. I didn't enjoy it that much at all, actually, even though it's so famous. But just the actual writing itself was so lovely and for me that's so much of what literature is about it's part of the reason why I dislike Hemingway so much because whether Hemingway is you know writing a brilliant epic novel about the Spanish Civil War I think he writes like a child and the iceberg style where stuff is Hidden underneath the surface, I just I, I don't think that's good writing, and you can really see his journalism his journalist background in his in his literature anyway, that's for another episode, moving on from Atonement and also Amsterdam, which is also really beautifully written, but just didn't do anything for me. There are a couple of reasons why I really disliked Amsterdam and i'll I'll get to that, but I'm thinking also about nutshell which also only came out a few years ago and was marketed as a modern retelling of Hamlet. In my opinion, it's more just inspired by Hamlet. And I didn't actually love the plot that much. And there's some bits which just made me cringe. There's one part where it's written from the perspective of an unborn baby, for anyone listening to this who doesn't know that. And there's some bits, there was one bit where the baby is just talking about, or the fetus rather, is just talking about the different wines that his mum drinks, and McEwan spent about three pages, or rather the fetus for about three pages, described each of the wines and went through them and which ones were his favourite and why, and for me it was just like the worst kind of audacious middle-class drivel, (laughs) but nutshell was just saved by the fact that I can think of a handful of books which I genuinely only a handful of books I think uh, were better written that that brought me as much joy just purely from the from the prowess of the writing as did nutshell nutshell I could from the very first page run on sentences notwithstanding which is something I hate about Ian McEwan yeah, just from the very first page I couldn't believe how unbelievably nicely written this novel was and yeah, f- for that reason I loved it even if I didn't even if there was so much I didn't like about it. Its pretentiousness, the plot I didn't find that gripping, none of the characters I found sympathetic, which is okay in a sense you don't have to like every character in a novel or you don't have to like any characters in a novel, but this wasn't even that I disliked them and found them interesting. I just kind of found them they weren't badly characterized at all. I just found them all kind of insufferable middle-class bores. Zee McEwen might himself put it. Anyway, my point is, Nutshell was just so beautifully written, and it's something I have experienced from almost all of McEwen's fiction, basically post the comfort of strangers, not including the innocent and, I mean, the daydreamer you you kind of have to leave out because it's a children's book, which is quite interesting because there's quite a funny quote from Martin Amos, who's obviously quite a good friend of Ian McEwan's, where he says that anyone who starts writing children's books must have brain damage. I wonder if that was a sly dig at Ian McEwan that he made in public, just sort of or a laugh, kind of seems like the type of thing that uh, Martin Amis might do. Anyway, yeah, I'm just thinking Child in Time, for example. Probably my second favourite, McEwan. Just so beautifully written. Also a really fantastic story. Not necessarily what you'd associate with Ian McEwan. It's, it's partly a love story. Um, I really didn't like the ending either, which I won't spoil for anyone who hasn't read it, but w- which I found was a just a very sentimental actually for yeah just very sentimental and a kind of I, th- I felt like a more ambiguous ending would have been nicer but Ian McEwan since he left behind his gothic days does actually like quite like a happy ending it seems except for Sola. Jesus we'll get to Sola later um but yeah Child in Time just a fantastic plot I really really loved the main character and I really felt what he was going through Child in Time is about um a, it's a children's book writer actually is the main character who, um, his child is abducted and you you catch up with him a few years down the line and it's kind of about the the effects that has had on his love life with his wife, his relationship with his wife, and but mostly it's just about his psyche and there's bits bits about how it kind of semi sends him mad and yeah it's also quite a political book which deals with uh, the slyness of politicians as well. But at the same time, Ian McEwan was obviously very inspired by ideas of physics and time in it as is in the title and time travel and where the time is linear, there's quite an interesting part near to the end where the main character is talking to a physicist friend of his and she kind of just goes off on one. And he stops following at some point and the way McEwan writes it, you kind of imagine, or I imagined that he had talked to a physicist friend of his to try and get ideas from the book And similar to the protagonist, just stopped following at some point. And so that's how he wrote the plot. Um, But it was, I mean, that's how he wrote the scene. But that was actually quite nice because, you know, any layperson who's not a physicist would have become lost at that point. So it worked quite nicely, even if it was probably a bit of like a get out for McEwen. So that's the main reason why I like McEwen so much, just because so many of his books, even the ones I don't like, as kind of books themselves or even if the, even if i don't like every aspect of some of his novels and that's definitely true almost all of them emphasis on the word almost are really excellently written just so beautifully written in kind of like a oh, it's a really big claim but <laughs> in sort of like almost almost nabokov levels of fluency and articulacy which just makes them an absolute joy to read even if even if the the plots or the characters aren't interesting or sympathetic so then there are obviously some of his books which just weren't really that good in general there's some which were kind of just okay and quite forgettable I'm thinking of The Innocent for example The Children Act as well which you know it wasn't a dreadful book but I read it in a couple of days on holiday while I was in Malta and uh yeah it's just such a forgettable book and the the plot wasn't all that great. My my biggest problem with so much of McEwan's work, which, you know, isn't a huge problem, I guess it just speaks to his background, although I must admit I don't know much about that, is just that they're so, they're so middle-class, and the characters in them just have, like, middle-class problems. Like, in the children act, I think the two main characters are a, a lawyer... And um, I believe a journalist is the husband, or I might I might be I might be wrong on that. And they kind of have these relationship problems where they they can't really communicate with one another, which seems to be a running theme through so much of his work that the main characters just are unable to communicate effectively with one another, and they become alienated from each other. You know, in a very inspired by Kafka way. I think I think there's lots of similarities between, if not the style. Which is anyway hard to compare because Kafka Kafka wrote in German. Then between the themes of of the books, such as themes of alienation, which I think a huge is a huge aspect of lots of McEwan's work. Think about strangers who just can't communicate with each other in Black Dogs, for example, in The Innocent, in The Child in Time as well, where they just, I mean, they've obviously gone in Child the Child in Time. They've obviously gone through an extremely traumatic event, but. The couple in it just just cannot communicate with each other at all. Enduring Love may maybe a little bit different, but On Chesil Beach as well, which I know is one of his most famous, but really the bulk of that book is just the two main characters' anxiety and their inability to effectively communicate with one another. It's crazy how many problems are caused for these two main characters in On Chesil Beach just because they can't, just because they can't, Chat to one another about what's going on. I'm the type of person in a relationship who thinks you should talk about everything. As my girlfriend, it does a head in. But you know, I think for the problems that causes over communicating, you mitigate so many problems that are caused by not communicating. Look at what happens in On Chesil Beach. They have this like horrible sexual experience when they're meant to be consummating their marriage he goes off unhappy feeling like he's lost the love of his life and she ends up just becoming celibate and becomes you know this really famous chamber musician but never has sex again because of this one awful experience because they weren't able to communicate their desires or indeed their anxieties about those desires afterwards It's absolutely mental and in the Children Act, I remember the same thing. It's just these middle class people, you know, they, they perform a concert at one point, like a classical concert at one point where they're sort of very well-practiced, but obviously they, they don't have the nuanced touch of the professionals, but they do really well anyway. But at the same time, they can't. They also, loads of their problems are caused by lack of communication, which this one huge traumatic life event with this young Jehovah's Witness kind of solves in a sense and then I'm thinking in the comfort of strangers for example the 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 two main characters who I mean especially the man the male protagonist of it succumbs to an extremely grisly fate part of the reason why that happens is because they just aren't able to say no to these two strangers who just completely manipulate them and just lead them around and it develops into this, or devolves really, into like this horrible gothic story of, sec- of sex and murder and castration. Not necessarily in that order. Very horrible stuff. <laughs> Sweet Tooth. Very forgettable book. Didn't think it was very nicely written even, which is extremely surprising as I've, I have think I've drilled into you all by now for McEwan. I found it extremely tedious and it felt like... He had kind of written it almost in a rush. Maybe he had a contract to fill or something. Sola. Let's talk about Sola for a moment. Not the best novel. I think probably McEwan would even say that himself. Bits of it were humorous, but McEwan just never could do humor like Martin Amis could. I know it's horrible to compare them. I'm sure people compare them all the time. But he just, he just, he's not a funny writer. He was good with the gothic stuff. He's great with love stories. He's good at making you feel absolutely traumatized for days after you've read one of his novels. I had nightmares about the comfort of strangers. Enduring Love fucked me up for three days, I think, after I read it. I nearly couldn't get out of bed. Um, but solo just, I, I, it didn't really work. Although I did kind of appreciate the unhappy ending, or semi-unhappy ending, where the the British comic hero kind of gets a comeuppance that he's sort of deserved the whole time because he's a bit of a bastard. I liked that. So I'm drinking this really lovely um, Feederweiser. It's this sort of really sweet, only on season wine that they do here in Germany. It's like it's uh it's about nine and a half percent, and it's just extremely sweet. It's like drinking juice. Shouldn't really be drinking on a school night. then we come to his sort of modernist pastiche, I guess, of Saturday. Saturday's an interesting one because the main character in it is sort of convinced that the war on terror, well, that the invasion of Iraq is a positive. He kind of argues against his daughter, who is anti the war, However, I've heard McEwan say himself that he was anti-Iraq war, so it's interesting that he wrote this character that's some kind of middle-class version of himself. Again, we come back to this extremely middle-class trope. Poet daughter. Is Is his wife maybe like a journalist for like a top law magazine, something like that? He's a neurosurgeon. The son is also like kind kind of like the the misfit of the family. He's still, I think he's 16 in it, and he's still extremely intelligent and good-looking and stuff. But he's in a blues band, and the main character, his father, can't really work out why until he goes to a concert and has this sort of epiphany about how magical blues music can be, and he finally understands his son's passion for it. Whatever. Um, But yeah, just this crazy middle-class thing. And then the guy he has the accident with, who has Huntington's disease in the novel and therefore goes into sort of these fits of rage and the main character, the neurosurgeon, kind of spots it immediately and so tries to be calm, then goes back home eventually and there's kind of a hostage situation going on with this guy he's had a, a car crash with earlier on um, and his family. He's kind of this working class He's depicted, sort of, I think, as this working class, this irrational working class, uh, angry type. Firstly, I didn't really see what the link was between that kind of takedown of the working class and that class relation dynamic I never, I didn't really understand in the novel. And at the same time, I didn't see how that theme in general fit with the Iraq war. Maybe there's something I'm missing. I didn't really see how all that fit together. Nonetheless, I kind of appreciated this modernist pastiche, as I mentioned. Um, This stream of consciousness style is something I I really like, whoever's doing it. I haven't read much Virginia Woolf. I've read bits, even hers, which I know quite a lot of people, including some of my friends, don't really like as much as, for example, Joyce. I, I like hers. I haven't read any Will Self. That's something I need to change. But who's got the time, man? Uh, yeah so I appreciated that in Saturday I liked it I liked that style I thought it worked I enjoyed the asides he goes to see his mum in the care home for example she's uh suffering from Alzheimer's and he has this there's an extended scene of him remembering a moment from his past with his with his mother which I enjoyed a lot I found you really got into the mind of the character I liked that but Saturday I thought is one that I can't is, Saturday's not really one that I can place can't really decide what to think about it I enjoyed the ethical question at the end spoiler alert skip forward maybe a minute if you haven't read it he has to go and operate on the man who's who's been holding his, uh, holding his family hostage because I believe he falls down the stairs and then he has to go and operate on him and there's this kind of moral duty to operate on him and he does that I wonder how realistic that really is and whether you would really be able to detach yourself and do your job whether you wouldn't give it your all i fear those unconscious biases are quite difficult to overcome nonetheless i enjoyed the ethical question at the end i'm not sure i completely understand what the what the allegory is meant to be to the iraq war with that sort of carrying on feeding the hand that bites you who knows maybe a bit patronizing if that is what he meant so that's me on that's me on saturday amsterdam similar problems this bunch of extremely middle-class people, well-to-do people, have these kind of almost, you know, sort of semi-laughable problems when you think about think about how people, other people, lower-class people in the UK, live day-to-day. You know, what have we got? Uh, we've got a, like, the foreign secretary, a composer, a writer. They all, you know, they love going hiking and stuff like that. They're all in love with this one woman. There ends up being lots of death as well in Amsterdam. Didn't really understand it all. And that was an extremely lauded novel and just not one that did anything at all for me. The Innocent was interesting. I read it while being in Berlin. I'm still in Berlin. But I read it not long after I'd moved here. It's kind of creepy. I felt extremely uncomfortable with the jealousy depicted in it, which... I think actually says more, much more about me. Well, I mean, it says that he depicted it very well, but it says quite a lot about me as well, I think. Let's not go into that. But also kind of very creepy, macabre, and, but with like a semi-happy ending. Again, this is, I guess, where he started to move towards his happier endings after extremely gothic stories from The Comfort of Strangers, which I've already talked about and I didn't even really want to think about, The cement garden, which in the most part was just very odd. It was obviously gothic, but it wasn't scary in any sense. It was just very, very weird. The incest scene, which was almost tender, but you knew it was wrong, kind of like a Lolita moment where you sympathised with the protagonists while knowing that sympathising with them is such a disgusting, grotesque thing to do. I enjoyed it. It was a horrible read that I had to force myself to get through it because it was so gross, basically. And then First Love, Last Rites, who have a load of extremely gothic stories about people who... I, I mean, I guess either sociopaths sociopaths or psychopaths. I suppose psychopaths who experience no feeling, particularly no remorse for their actions. Like when the baby dies and then uh, sort of there's paedophilia but well, there's a couple of stories about paedophilia yeah solid geometry which is actually my favorite with this kind of flat plane that he folds his wife into I thought that was really really good there's also an early example of his stream of consciousness in I believe the last story I think it's in disguises and reading about the short stories again I remember there's a lot of sex scenes in it which are not only extremely graphically described but sometimes quite awkwardly and kind of cringely described, which reminds me of the sex scene in Saturday, <laughs> which has been described by a couple of uh, reviewers as, like, one of the worst sex scenes in fiction, <laughs> because it's just, like, kind of so awkward in, like, a very, in a very British way, and there's, no, so it's sort of not passionless, there's obviously passion there, but it's very repressed, um, in a similar way to the sex in On Chesil Beach, even between a a husband and wife who want to have sex with one another. Very interesting how he writes his sex scenes. I'm not going to read too much into that. And then we come to my favourite, which is Enduring Love. Not only my favourite, McEwen. I also contend his best. Absolutely fantastically written. Surpassed probably only by Nutshell. I obviously haven't read the newest one, so I can't comment on that, but from all of the others that I've read, Surpassed only by Nutshell in terms of how wonderful the prose is. Um, This absolutely wonderful love story between Joe Rose and Clarissa, which is put extremely heavily under threat by the love story between Jed Parry and Joe Rose, And Jed's character is just so beautifully creepy and calm in his weird, dogmatic way that he's so delusionally certain that his love is legitimate and that therefore Joe will eventually love him back based on Clarenbolts syndrome, which is a a real thing. Um, And... The one scene which really stuck with me is when Joe Rose goes to the police station and he's talking to the police and he's saying, he's describing what's rather frantically what Parry is doing and the police say that they have no ground really to help Rose and they the police begin to question whether what Rose is saying is, is real, whether it's actually happening. And it's the first time that you as a reader, it kind of clicks. He's been slowly descending into madness and it's the first time you as a reader realize and you've kind of been you've been noticing it but in the back of your mind and then in this moment in the police station it really comes it really becomes clear that he's gone mad because of this because of this stalker he has and then he obviously goes to get the gun etc and lo and behold spoiler alert another happy ending it's definitely something that happened after comfort of strangers that he decided to start writing happier endings, although they don't all have a happy ending. But in most of the later ones, the people you want to have happy endings kind of do, and the people you don't really care about end up having a a negative ending, like in Amsterdam, where none of the characters are sympathetic, or in Sola, where you kind of, you want to laugh at him. Yeah. Enduring Love, though. Still my favourite McEwen. I maintain his best. McEwen's going to have to do something really wonderful to surpass it. Nutshell, The Children Act, Sweet Tooth, Solar. Saturday, Atonement and Amsterdam haven't even come close to beating Enduring Love for me. On Chisel Beach is the closest. It's also a novella rather than a novel. It's only really four admittedly long chapters. It was great. I liked it. It made me feel absolutely horrible afterwards. Enduring Love at least hints at a happy ending in an unsentimental way and I found it extremely realistic how much strain was put on this relationship. And for once... There are bits, obviously, but for once it wasn't just communication problems which caused this. There was something else in the mix, namely this crazy stalker, which caused these problems. So they have it. I've gone through every single Ian McEwan, which I have read. Enduring Love, I maintain, is not only my favourite, but also still the best novel that he has written. And with that, as they say, I rest my case. <laughs>